Brandon, esteemed guest Kevin, mm. I think we should talk about TV shows. And guess what? What? Did you know that Mirror's Edge is making a TV show? So now, Do what? I care? <laughs> I don't <Sure>. know. <laughs> Where is this news coming from? The internet? Yeah, I've, oh, things I are have. going pretty well for me, so I got the internet. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You finally made it work for you. Aww, yeah, I got that's it. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it'd be really hard to upload this podcast every week. Oh, without the TV? Yeah, I can just mail it in. I like put it on a cassette tape. I mail it in. Oh, to Korea? To iTunes. Yeah. And then iTunes sends it back to me like, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's like a, some P.O. box in New Jersey or something. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you send it to iTunes, care of, their cassette division. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Circa um, 1987. So cassette casts. Mirror's Edge is making a TV show. Yeah. I, is going to be in like collaboration with a new game? Not a clue. Oh, okay. I didn't look up any news to this. That's really interesting now. <laughs> Let's just speculate then. I, uh, it was just something that I heard and I just thought, well, I wanted to mention it. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause like the first game that came out, like it was such a sleeper hit, like the critics loved it. And then like, it did not sell well whatsoever. And we'd never, we we're probably going to be like, never going to see that game again. And now they're kind of rebooting it and they're making a TV show out of it, which it is became like, kind of a cult classic though. They're like really doubling down on it. Yeah. Which is be- great. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think the, um, a visually parkour is awesome to watch on television. Yeah. Um, Ninja any yeah, oh, totally. Um, B, I think that they didn't touch on this world enough to really carve out a definitive storyline, but they did it just enough so that they can spark your interest mm-hmm. on what's happening in this Mirror's Edge universe. Yeah, and I think that they have total creative liberty to just go off on a tangent because they have such a cool world. Where yeah. this faith uh, runners, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This faith character is is like this uh, rebellion runner, and there's just so much you can do in this futuristic world with something like that. This sounds like a show that will be perfect for sci-fi, but they won't pick it up because they're actually kind of doing okay with their own catalog. So it sounds like it's going to be something on like I don't know some network you've never heard of before, like Fox. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Never such a Fox that. show. This is, yeah. Well, if they it's do a Fox a lot show, then it'll be canceled, canceled right away. <laughs> fairly soon. And it has to be animated then, by right. default. <laughs> and Seth MacFarlane has to voice every character in it. God, I hope so. <laughs> Please. I'm okay with that. His yeah. laugh just hits my funny bone. Faith in, in the TV version is <laughs> just like Seth a talk, talking hamster or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From space. Um... Did you finish Jessica Jones? I think so. The Purple Man oh, told me so to. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, Kilgrave told me to finish it. And by the way, spoilers. Yeah, I was just going to say spoilers. We'll put spoiler out a warning. Yeah. A warning. We okay. have put out a warning at the beginning of this. Okay. <laughs> Retroactive. Okay. You've seen it, right, Kevin? Yes, I love it. You've seen it, Brandon, obviously. You, and I, hate, been... I hated it at first. It took me like three or four episodes to get into it before I was like, That's where I'm, I in, I'm, I'm in love with this now. Yeah. yeah. When Purple Man comes, right? You're like, all right, I'm starting to get into this. Yeah. He... He stole the show. He kind of was the show. The show was called Jessica Jones, or is called Jessica Jones, because obviously mm-hmm. it's coming back. But And Jessica Jones is such an obscure character. 
in the greater Marvel, the greater scope of Marvel. Yeah, this was my like first for, foray into Jessica Jones and like not knowing really anything about her. Yeah. Uh, but loving pretty much almost anything other Marvel. But I was like, I'm not really a fan of this. And it took me a while to get into it. But they built that character so well. Very well. And that like melodrama noir type thing going on. Yeah. Right. Like they did that such, such, such a good job with that. Her right. backstory is actually really unique because... Well, her original character is a very happy-go-lucky superhero that can fly, super strong, mm. um, which they kind of touched on in the show. Yeah, right. How she tried the superhero thing for a little bit um, until oh, the her pur- costume was awesome. Until the yeah. Purple Man gets a hold of her. What the Purple Man does is he gets control of her for eight months, and which they do touch on this in the show. He really takes advantage of her, rapes her, makes her kill. And it turns her to a really dark, drunk character that that becomes more of an anti-hero she in a way. She's yeah. a self-loather, too, yeah. based on her experiences. But I'm not necessarily thinking, because then you say she was happy. I don't think she was happy. Remember, they showed her from, like, teenage years. She was kind of like the dark emo yeah. kid. She well, was always like that the emo comics. scene kid. Oh, you're talking about the oh, comics. Oh, okay, okay. I'm talking... Uh, sorry, I, what I meant to say was I was talking her original origin in the comics. Gotcha. And what they did in this was they kind of touched on that, but they made it seem like she was... Always that way? Kind of, yeah, always kind of down on herself, kind of emo from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when her parents died, it was, you know, the floodgates the open. The funny part, yeah. Yeah. Um, One funny thing that happened, and it had some it had some good comedy too. Uh, It wasn't overt, and you know, definitely didn't try to go away from the direction of the show, but just those subtle little remarks. Uh, I liked Luke Cage. That was the first actually on screen representation I've seen of him. Uh, He was cool. Um, I I didn't I thought it was almost too predictable that they made it that she was the one that killed his wife under Kilgrave's. Oh, yeah. I I didn't didn't see that that coming uh, for a while until they actually, like, revealed that in the show. And I was like... Well, especially with the fact that when Kilgrave said it, he just said, take care of her. And then he made sure to point that out to her later when she was calling him out. And he's like, hey, I just said take care of her. You killed her. You were the one who took that as... Yeah. Good job. Yeah. He's he's a conniving little shit disturber. Yeah. And he's childish. But then you find out that he was, like, horribly experimented on a child but was he it felt like an experiment to him he thought he was being tortured but they were really trying to save him and then the way he disposed of his mom and dad that was brutal the oh, guy man is, guys it pulled bastard. so many heartstrings like watching that it was yeah. like made you almost feel for the villain which is like almost a unheard of yeah for and you're like there, i, I like, totally understand where he's coming from but yeah. still he's a bad guy you know how they say every hero a hero is only good as their villain yeah right? i feel like jessica jones as a as a as a hero is not that great, but with that villain, this entire show is awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like David Tennant did such a wonderful job as the Purple Man because he is this really charismatic character that you want to like, and you also want to feel bad for him with the way he was treated as a child. But he does such horrible things to innocent people. Yeah, that. You want him to die so bad, but at the same <laughs> in the time, most brutal way. you can't turn away because he's so... He owns He owns the screen every time he's on, yes, he's on the yes. scene. Yeah. He, totally he has like an X factor that takes you can't over really that point out. Scene, yeah. His personality, it's the way he looks, the way he talks. He's just... Something about you, you just, you're kind of glued to him as a character. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's when I felt such a joy that I was having throughout this season just come to a crashing halt why did they kill Kilgrave? 
I get it. It was she needed to for herself and to yeah. protect other people. I but there's no way to contain him because there's no justice for a guy like him because he's going to just tell the jury to believe in him. All he has to do is speak. And how would the rest of the world know enough about him to realize that you have to seal him up in a hermetically sealed room or something like that? They're just going to think people uh, telling them that, like Jessica, are crazy. So she had to dispense her justice. But the moment she snapped his neck, I just felt like this, my cadence drop. My heart rate went down. I was like, no, he was the best part of this show. Yeah. That being what it was, excellent finish to a, a really engaging uh, season. It had that ability, like a Netflix, like a binge watch show where you just don't want to stop watching it. I have to see what happens next. It creates the necessity to keep coming back. And they left some intentional loose ends. Like, where did Luke Cage go? Where did he go? Well, he's getting his own show, isn't he? I believe so. Him and Iron Fist, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, But yeah, he kind of just disappeared in the night. Um, And it was predictable. As soon as they made it known that Kilgrave is aware of Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so she's gonna have to be uh, battling him at some point when he's under her, when he's under Kilgrave's control. That was cool. And what the hell? The thing that I don't think they developed very well, at least not up to this point. Maybe we'll touch on it. It was Simpson and his yeah. military druggy experimentation training. What was that? Well, that Take the that's, blue pill, red pill. That's like from the comics. Matrix. It's, it's a it's a, an antagonist who switches between between red pill, blue pill, white pill, I think it is. Yeah. To manipulate his powers. Yes, exactly. Type of thing. Like that is his power. But which is got, unique. He got beat up. Why? I mean, and I love how her apartment gets progressively more trash throughout yeah. the season. That's just kind of like <laughs> yeah. a funny thing. Like it was like even like, when they fix the door, it's a busted brick. Yeah. It's like yeah. the Simpsons couch. You just like wait to see what they're gonna do next with it. <laughs> um, I I don't understand where he went or well, who his handler is, that mysterious doctor. Hmm. Um, yeah, that didn't really work for me a whole lot. It's like they tried. I think a, a lot of it too is like this is one of the first shows from Marvel where they jumped kind of in the middle of the story and started and started rolling versus like every like Daredevil. You they gave you the origin story of everything. Like yeah. if you don't know who Jessica Jones is going into this, it's gonna be kind of hard to gravitate and keep going. It's a really I think good point. that was my like uh, trepidation of going forward with it. It was just like, well, I'm not sure if I'm into this. And then it took me watching a few episodes to be like, oh, this is awesome. Cool. Uh, as it like starts revealing that a little bit more. I actually feel the same way and now i have to admit what i know of jessica jones is only from what i've looked up online because i right. never actually read the comics or anything um but I, I i looked all that up before watching the show hmm. and then when watching the show there was a few little easter eggs in there that i thought were great like the very very first scene of her throwing some dude out her window is exactly the way the comic starts oh, okay like frame by frame and i was like cool they're starting it off right but then like you said, for those first few episodes, it took me a while to get into it because I just felt like, what is what You're is like? I don't know enough to like this enjoy season. this. Yes. Yeah, because I don't know enough about this character. I have nothing invested in this character, and I feel like I'm not quite sure, even a few episodes in, where this season is going and what the purpose Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, and it's and it's interesting because in most cases the antagonist of a TV show is brought up kind of right away, mm-hmm. like. They did a really slow burn yes. on who uh, the antagonist is in the yeah, show. Yeah, he's hanging in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it made the reveal all the more oh, welcome. Satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Now, I actually remember seeing Purple Man, as they called him, in Avengers Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the animated series. Mm-hmm. The first Avengers series, not Avengers Assemble, the new one that's currently putting out episodes. And he was literally purple. 
Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate how at the very end when he's just about to lose his shit, he yells out stop to everyone. And then you actually see like a little purple vein. And yeah, like, I like that. I'm like, oh, that was oh, cool. A okay. little, little tiny homage to the yeah. to the uh, the source material. Um, and he always and dressed he, in purple. And it would have looked ridiculous if he was in purple all the it time. It wouldn't be believable with the tone <laughs> no. that they had set yeah. in the show. Um, I like that they do it a little bit since this does take place in Hell's Kitchen all the same. I like how they just gave a very subtle nod to uh, Daredevil. And they even had the DA from season two. Remember when, um, oh, by the way, Hogarth was freaking annoying. Carrie Ann Moss from your favorite, The Matrix, by the way, you know, the lawyer yeah. who's getting a divorce. You didn't like her? She was obnoxious to me. Uh, I just thought she was just, I, I am her. so bad and dry. I, you just, you can't <laughs> like me. I'm like burnt toast. It was just like, yeah. she was a little annoying. She Don't was worry, like, she got stabbed a bunch. Yeah. The, the thousand yeah. Spoiler, cuts. spoiler. I, I, I love how the spoiler creativity tab. with his commands, like when he told his mom to like, stab herself once for every year that she wasn't in his life or something like that, or uh, yeah. throw that cough, hot cough in your face. He says to the newspaper vendor, and I, I he love, gets creative with his. Yeah. Things. I love the, when he's saying, he's like, you have no idea what it's like to have this power. Do you know what happened the first time I told a guy yeah, to go screw himself? That was hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I was like, no, tell me what happened. Yeah. I want to know what go happened. into that. They should have done a flashback right there. And then, uh, yeah, that would have really earned the TV MA rating, but um, what I was going to say is <laughs> I like when they showed the DA, you know, when Jessica Jones then turns herself in for murder and it's the DA that was going after Frank Castle from Punisher or uh, Daredevil oh, yeah. season two. You know what would have been better to me, though, because she walks into the office, right? She doesn't know what's going to happen or she's at the precinct or wherever she is. I thought that would have been awesome if they had Foggy and Murdoch sitting at the table waiting to take her case. Oh, and then just cool. like that would have been cool. But at least they did the nice give you connection something. tie. Yeah. yeah. But they give you something. So they're it's a, they're aware of each other in the fact that they're both in real time Hell's Kitchen. So I can't wait for season two, but it's just not gonna have Purple Man unless it does a lot of flashbacking even more into their I, relationship. Right. But I just I feel like he was signed on for one season. I don't I I, I can't see him coming back even in flashbacks that much. Yeah, unfortunately. So And and what we talked about in a previous season is that um, the second season is going to be focused a lot more around the side characters than it is Jessica Jones. I was oh, just right. going to ask that. Like Malcolm like, and Trish and... Yeah. Like yeah, I did, Simpson. I don't know too much about like the rest of that expanded universe about like who they could throw in as like a villain for like season two or anything. Great season. I'm glad I'm caught up. I'm glad you guys watched it. And uh, in the meantime, we'll just wait for season two. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. Now, other Brandon, you've been dodging me a little bit on this one. Is this the week where we finally get to talk about Game of Thrones season six, which is really good? Um, why don't we hold the door on that one for now? And for time's sake, let's just get right into movies. So, as we all know, Batman v Superman was the best movie of the year, right, guys? Oh, by far, right, my guys? number one pick. Right, guys? Oh, man. Well, the Razzies are going <laughs> to pick it up. Yeah. Isn't that what we were talking about for the yeah. Razzies? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as we all know from the little Easter egg hints that they threw into that movie, they're going to be making a uh, Aquaman, a Cyborg, and a Flash movie, right? So, they have a script done for the Flash. Did but they do it quick? Pretty speedy. Nice. But I'm kind of worried about this, and I kind of want to talk about this. So there's a guy named Seth Graham Smith. <laughs> Seth Graham Smith? <laughs> Sounds like a founding father. Yeah, can, a, can we find his, his uh, signature on the um, 
Declaration of Independence or anything? I hope so. I now declare me Seth Gromsmith. Director of the Flash. Director of the Flash. So actually, here's the thing. He was slated to direct it. He did write it. Mm -hmm. Now, what it looks like is that he stepped down from being director from, quote, creative differences. Ah. Who knows what that ever Mm. means. Yeah, what does that really mean? But here's the interesting thing. They're keeping the script that he wrote. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Seth... Yeah, what else did he do? Graham Smith. (laughs) um, (laughs) He's done... The uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, yeah. Slayer. He's a good man. And he's done... (laughs) (laughs) And he's done Pride, Prejudice, and John... And Junk. Junk. Jombies. (laughs) (laughs) Jombies. Make it like a high, dude. Make it like a hiney ho. So so here's the thing. Um, I know... Okay, you said... I, I am actually Abraham kind of like a fan Hunter. of those movies, but I'm, I don't know if I'm a fan <laughs> for like the right reason. Uh, because like, I knew they were going to be like pretty much crap pretty movies. Crap. Yeah. Well, um, I agree with you. They were kind of, <laughs> so it's like, do like, now he's doing a flash movie when they probably shouldn't have like a crap movie director, like attached yes. onto it. And that's what, that's what kind of worried me when I saw this, I was a little happy when I saw that he stepped down as director because he doesn't really have much directing chops so far. Uh, just a few writing credits, which, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the the writings that he's done are not great. Um, so, but there is some good news on this. So the studio has landed on a director, Helmer Rick uh, Fum- Helmer Rick Femuia. Yeah. No. Wait. Helmer Rick Femuia. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Femuia, right back at you. <laughs> I'm gonna get Femuia. Femuia. Fuck. Famuyiwa. Um, wow. Maybe we'll cut some of that out. Maybe we won't. <laughs> who knows? Um, he's the guy who directed Dope. Did either of you see the movie Dope? No, but I've heard good things about it. It was no, dope. I've never seen it. It was good. I actually really liked it. It was very much uh, an indie style film in the way it was written and directed. Which, you know, you always wonder what is an indie director Wait, going what? to do with a AAA title? Uh-huh. But then you look at something like Jurassic Park, the new one. That was done by somebody who hasn't done anything like that before. And in my opinion, that was pretty good for a remake. For somebody coming out of like the minor leagues and coming up yes. into the major leagues and stuff like that. And that's like, if, if this guy stays on, then that's exactly what it'll be like. It'll be this right. guy's time to show he's the next level of director. Yeah, I mean, Which I'm always okay with that. I think everyone's looking for their big break. Remember, Sam Raimi was a minor leaguer in the truest sense of the word when it came to filmmaking. Right. Um, literally, he made it with a couple thousand bucks and a cabin. And now he's been doing big budget stuff for how many ever years. So let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. But I got to tell you, The Flash, just as a, a character, doesn't really excite me. And certainly, it's never done anything for me, this show on CW. Oh, you don't like it? I, uh, I, 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 I don't tried. mind it. Yeah. I've tried. I'm, you stay up on that? Yeah, it's actually like it finally kind of like lured me in. Like I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, same thing with Jessica Jones with like the first half of the first season. Right. Because uh, it's like every episode was self-contained. But it wasn't until they started getting like some arcs going on of like good story arcs right. where it was like pretty entertaining. Yeah. And it, they get a little darker. Yeah. Which I kind of tend to like that when you get into those shows. Just to me, The Flash in general is a secondary character. Like you wouldn't see a movie all about Quicksilver. 
He's, he's a That's true. Guy. Yeah, it's he's like, does, does he guy. deserve his own movie? Yeah. Well, I, I think Quicksilver, Quicksilver in the Marvel Universe is much different than The Flash in DC. I mean, powers. same powers, but I mean, with how much of a forerunner... Uh, no pun intended. Oh, because it's sponsored by Toyota. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, he's he's a highlighted character in the DC universe, like a key part of the Justice League. He has so many of his own comics and and storylines, whereas Quicksilver, not so much. So, I mean, I can I can see it. I think he deserves his own movie, in my opinion. Do you think they're just doing it to just like bank off the success of Marvel with like all their superhero movies? Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. It's like if they do it, why right. not? Yeah. If that's what the people are asking for right now, give it to them. But can it be as good as Batman versus Superman? Oh, mm-hmm. I hope so. Can it climb those mountains? Can Which... it get above a forty percent? With uh, with a pedigree like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and uh, Pride and Prejudice of Zombies, it's uh, got, it's got to be as good as Batman so versus Superman. It has to be, <laughs> therefore, it has to be set in the eighteen hundreds or the seventeen hundreds. So the Flash yes. has to run back in time. Which, which he he's pr- he's proven he That's can do true. that. Not bad. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll like shake Abraham Lincoln's like hand and just like a funny little nod. So speaking of shitty movies, potentially, probably. <laughs> Um, let's talk about a couple of movies that are on our geek radar that are coming out pretty soon that are not getting very good reviews well, from their initial critic scores. I'm going to agree with you, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles already came out at the time that we're recording this. Good point. Yeah. Touché. Haven't seen it. Want to see it because it's a Turtles yeah. movie and I'm always down to partake in that world. Even as bastardized as it has become. Yeah. Oh, so God. Right now, Metacritic has... Um, the TMNT movie Out of the Shadows at a cool 40%. Which would indicate that it's being it's a solid reviewed. D. Yeah. It's a solid <laughs> D. Well, okay, it's that not didn't a fail. work with my parents in high fail. school. It's not going to work for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a 40% there and like a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever stock that uh, you put into that mm-hmm. would imply that it's still a bad movie, but it seems, like from what I've read, it's a little better than its predecessor, which okay. was very sloppy and very rushed and very annoying. Very uh, Transformers-y. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. had yeah. his blueprint all over it. Uh, this one looks like it's trying to do a lot in an hour and 40 minutes. But if it's better, does that still make it good? No. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. So despite how much I hate the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, for what I would say, bastardizing the original characters. The 2014 by, version. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By making them exaggerated versions of their own personalities. Um, I hated what they did with the turtles, but I actually didn't mind the act. I thought the action was really good in the first one. Um, I thought the way that they utilized their abilities and their shells and all that, I thought that was okay. I mean, granted, they they deflected bullets with them, which I was like, oh, really? We're bulletproof. Ooze, man. Ooze. <laughs> yeah, who, they ooze can do in this movie. They, they, oh, good. They, they cool. They might have been in a commercial I saw. It's, so it's Secret of the Ooze. It's the se- <laughs> yeah. second They're one. just redoing it all over yeah. again. That'd be so hilarious if the very first scene, Vanilla Ice is just like, yeah, and he just <laughs> ice, like out of nowhere. He does like a rock version of Go Ninja. Go Ninja Go. <laughs> they update the soundtrack. So yeah, they, of the they're throwing a lot of turtle-ness into this there's krang there's rockstar there's bebop there's a revived shredder yeah. just like they revived him in the second movie yeah 
Um, I'm really only going to want to see it for Bebop and Rocksteady. Actually, I've heard from some reviews, uh, your friends at IGN who reviewed it, I was oh, reading yeah. their review, uh, they actually said he, that he's one of the highlights, or they are oh, two of the highlights. Well, I, could, I can imagine. Uh, and by the way, geekiness uh, interwebbed, um, Stephen Amell, Amel, the guy who plays Arrow, is Casey Jones in this movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool. And Megan Fox, hello, 2007's calling, still matters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> gives a crap about her anymore, but whatever. It's, yeah. a, it's an easy role, and it's keeping her afloat financially, so good for her for getting recast. Um, I like Will Arnett, and it makes me sad to see him do like just sell out movies like this, you know? It's like, come on, Will, you're funnier than that. But hey, you got to pay your bills. I yeah. understand. We can't be in every Will Ferrell movie that's out there. No, that's true. Yeah. Blades of Glory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, his, yeah. his, oh, his resume is not like sparkling clean, really. He is great as BoJack Horseman, though. Yes, That's he is. a funny show, but we'll talk about that when we get back to TVs another time. So I'll see it, but like, for instance, I probably said this before on a previous episode of Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Thanks for listening to episode eight. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, I probably said this before. We have a discount theater in town where movies go before they are out of theaters. Where it's, movies go before they die. Yeah. Before they get released on DVD, and it's three dollars. It's a three dollar cinema. I'll probably go see it there. I'm not rushing, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go see it probably. But just knowing. So where are you from? If you're not I'm Russian. Not Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> European? No, just go into the bathroom. Then European. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, go see it. Maybe we'll talk about it if we happen to see it. But yeah, I'm not. It's tough because, like, the for my history with the Turtles has always been the cartoon and, like, the uh, side-scrolling, like, action game yeah. um, that they have. And it, nothing since then has ever kind of captured that magic. No, they've right. had a 20-year sleep. Yeah. Well, so I hear the new cartoon, and in fact, I've actually seen some of the new cartoon. It's really good. Yeah? It's, it's a really good rendition of what we used to see back in the, like, 90s and... Late 90s, early 90s. Yeah, Yeah. late 80s, early 90s. Um, But done with the kind of computer graphic style. And um, so I I hear it's really good. And so I think that is keeping it going and and making it so that today's kids still get that magic that we used to Are you guys a fan of the CGI Turtles, or do you want the live-action ones from the original two? Live action now, oh, this one work. It's well, when no? I meant CGI, I meant like on the TV show CGI. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like okay. that uh, Pixar-ish style. Sorry, yeah. I guess CGI wasn't the right words. But um, but to answer your question, I think that if you're going to make a big movie like this, mm-hmm. you kind of have to go that CGI real life. No, you don't want to put a bunch of martial artists in uh, turtle shoots and have them... Well, turtle shoots. Oh, you, well, <laughs> turtle shoots. I, the reason I... Sorry, I... Remember how I was telling you they're wearing pants in this movie? They're wearing pants. Raph's got a belt and shorts. So weird. I never noticed that before. Right? Why do they have pants in this movie? They're turtles. Yeah, that doesn't make any Sorry. sense. It, I didn't mean to derail you, but turtles don't wear pants in mm. my movies. Well. I like watching. Name one movie where turtles worn pants before and it's made sense. Pretty Woman? <laughs> <laughs> So, Kevin, are you going to go see this movie? Uh, no, probably not. Did you see the first one? Yes, I did. You, did you like it at all? Or? Uh, now, is not, it because of the first one you're not really excited to see the second I'm one? I'm more excited for the second one because there's more characters in it that I actually care about. And I like. And you still hearing. think you're not going to see it? I still think I'm not going to see it, but I'm more interested in it. I'll, I'll probably if do you what you're going to do, like you're saying, like wait till the discount theater. Yeah. If um, you had disposable income, one thing, but we're realistic right. folk here. So um, let's just move on to another movie real quick that is, yeah, is kind of getting shit reviews, which is the Warcraft movie. Now, which is a um, bummer. 
I've, I think Brandon and I, Brandon and other Brandon, have talked about before that we've never really been into that Warcraft universe, mm-hmm. um, but you have. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely played a lot of World of Warcraft growing up. Literally, um, Hearthstone. I've been in Hearthstone more than I have anything else in the yeah. Warcraft universe, and that's not really a good. Right. I mean, that universe is just so thick with lore and world, uh, and it just sounds it, it's tough to battle to throw that into a movie, and especially if you walk into it not knowing anything. Uh, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough world to get tossed into and just be expected to enjoy the ride. Yeah, I you know I I have a feeling that what they're gonna do is throw a lot of these little hints and Easter eggs at stuff that people are used to in the game and the, mm-hmm. in that universe that like the polymorph thing that you see in the Hearthstone game. And I know that it's also in the world of Warcraft, right? Right. So like they'll probably throw something like that in mm-hmm. that might be like people, people see that and go, Oh, just yeah. like in the game. But the average person might look at that and go, that was a weird addition. Cheesy. Why what did they that? just make yeah. that guy turn that other guy into a sheep? Right. Um, but overall, we had high hopes because of the people that were attached to it had good resumes as far yeah. as movie making. But it looks like it's not really going to perform well. The Metacritic right now is at a 31. Oh, that's God. less than the Turtles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's and such there's a still bummer. more reviews to come, but that could yeah. go even further against Warcraft. Yeah. And so what I've read so far is that like the fight scenes with the orcs, the orcs, mm-hmm. right? The fight scenes with the, the orcs. Horde, if you will, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like, I think, yeah, it's like they're pre horde right now and figuring that out. Yeah. Okay. I heard that like, there's some fight scenes between them that are like kind of the highlights of the movie that they're just really good. And, um, of course it's all CGI though. Right. But that the story itself is, it's probably together. Yeah. It's probably really convoluted because there's so much lore to pull from. It's like, where do you start in that universe to give it to audiences who have never seen that before? Well, and this, I don't know the exact date, but I want to say that this has been in the works since like 2007 oh or something some like time. that. And so, you know, whenever there's something that is that much time to try to develop it, it means that it, in order for it to have that much time, it's had to have had a lot of roadblocks right. and a lot of people throwing their two cents in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Especially so, too, like this might be if it's been in the oven too long. Yeah. This movie might have worked maybe like five years ago, but maybe not right now. It does seem it's a little odd that it's a game that has what I remember playing Warcraft two back on my brother's friend's PC. I'm talking like what late nineties. Yeah, was Warcraft two. Yeah, um, it does seem it's like the it's top. like they missed the the pinnacle yeah. of uh, excitement that everybody had for that universe. Yes. Uh, and now they're at like their lowest base uh, subscriber base for World of Warcraft. And now they're finally releasing a movie. I feel like from the time they started to now it's release date, something didn't go as planned for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Duncan Jones was actually on Chris Hardwick's podcast, which is uh, just a little bit better than ours as far as like commercial <laughs> success. You might have heard of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Nerdist. And he was talking about it. Man. We're going to get him on here pretty soon. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, he sounds like really a cool guy, uh, the director and uh, one of the screenwriters. I don't know, but he did say that he tried to make this movie so that anyone who is just hearing about Warcraft for the first time or if this is their first go-around with Warcraft can be entertained, not at the exclusivity of only understanding things had you played the game in any of its uh, many forms. Um, so I'm curious to see how it plays out, but yeah, it's it's not looking good, unfortunately, and I would expect it to not perform well at the box office either it might have an okay opening but it's gonna be one of those movies all of batman superman 
everyone then finally sees it, no repeat business. Right. Whereas Star Wars and Captain America uh, you go stayed see those really strong like a, yeah. because you want to see them more well, and, and people, more. Yeah, and people see them multiple friends. times. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we'll see how it does, but I, again... It is a bummer, especially for video game movies in general. It's just because, furthering like, the stereotype. Yeah, exactly. Of like, yeah. you can't take a video game IP and turn it into a movie. Um, Unless you're Nintendo, hopefully. Like yeah. we discussed earlier. Absolutely. I'm hoping that Assassin's Creed is... Breaks that stereotype. Yeah. But they keep releasing information where it like I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm, really? With like uh, 30, like less than half the movie is in like oh, past yeah, modern I times. Heard and like that. The animus oh, right. is like a crazy robotic arm. We, we touched on that <laughs> earlier when we were talking about it oh, okay. in the previous episode. It does look like Doc Ock on steroids. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah totally. I was saying it looks like Gladys from... Oh my God, it does. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but here's the thing. I have a feeling that since... I have a feeling that since this is what looks like to be kind of that origin story of that main character um, who first goes in to play Ezio Aldatore. Um, I ha- it, they showed a couple of scenes of him doing training in current times. Yeah. So because it's an origin, he's. it looks like, which we didn't get this in the games, but he's got to actually train to be good in the Animus. And so hmm. that might be why a lot of the movie is taking place in the current time. Right. Is because it's showing that... Rocky style, you know, I'm yeah. getting better, I'm getting better. And then then it all kind of accumulates into what we would say the climax of the movie is, which is in that old uh, ancient the time. Spanish Inquisition. Spanish Nobody Inquisition. suspects them. <laughs> so. Oh, and uh, just real quick, speaking of movies that had a less than favorable critical reception, you went and saw X-Men Apocalypse. I've yet to, so yeah. we'll not get mm-hmm. into any spoiler casting, but... What did you think? Would it was a forty some odd percent justified? Was it as good as you had hoped? Like just if you had to sum it up in a sentence. Is that what it's getting? Is like forty percentish? Like hanging out at forty eight percent for oh, instance at okay. tomatoes. Um, no, I don't think it was great. Um, I, I don't I don't really think it was very good at all. Um, but I also went in looking at all these reviews and and everybody saying it's really not that good. So my expectations were lower. And I, I always feel that every time I go into a movie where my expectations are real low, for example, the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, I went in with low expectations, came out going, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And that's, I would say, what my situation here with X-Men Apocalypse is, is because after reading all these negative reviews, I went in going, this is going to suck. And it kind it did. And I can point out a lot of the things that I didn't think were great but it wasn't as bad as I expected. And we'll go into the detail after you've seen it and we'll kind of maybe have. And I think, and thank you for that. And I think that your rendition of it, just initial impression without, you know, trying to get into any specifics is kind of surmised by its box office performance. Like I think X-Men is just losing steam. It's like, what is it? Eighth or ninth technical entry in the X-Men um, it's getting, cinematic. it's definitely getting a little stale and, and it and, showed at in the my box heart. office and it's opening yeah. weekend, Memorial day weekend. It only pulled down like only 65 million domestically. Yeah. That was like one of the lowest of it. Uh, especially compared to the last two, it just seems to be kind of on life support. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is you can attribute that to the fact that the critics were saying this is not a good movie. So a lot of people are going, okay, then we're not going to bother. Right. Um, whereas, in Batman versus Superman, the critics said, this is not a good movie. But people said, well, I want to yeah, go see true. how bad. Right. Right. And it's because it was the Batman versus Superman was something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. 
X-Men, we feel like, I mean, like you said, this is our sixth one in the series. Oh, eight. Well, eight if you count the Wolverine ones, right? Yeah. Um, this is our eighth in the series. We feel like we've seen it a hundred times before. Right. So if it's not a good movie, a majority of the people around the world are just not going to well, waste who made their time it? with it. Was, it. was it Fox again? Yeah. Did Fox do it? And Singer. Yeah. They are, like, Fox is, like, atrocious for just, like, not letting things... Not not letting enough gestation period in between certain certain projects that they work on, and they right. just like keep pumping stuff out, pumping stuff out. I.e., the two different Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, so franchi- close I next say to franchise, each other. But you know what I mean? Like with yeah. the first three with yep. Tobey Maguire, and then the next three with uh, just to, just Starfield. to renew their uh, contract with it, and just to just to keep it, just, just as like just a cash grab. It. Yeah, yeah. What else do we want to talk about? That's it. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, we're good with movies. And it's that time when we're wrapping things up near the end of one of our recordings that we'd like to do something we call Shadow of the Synopsis. So I love that name, by the way. Thank that's, you. That's such a good name. Such a good pun for like one of the greatest games of all time. And is, and props to him. Where is he? Right over there? On right your on wall? the wall? Yeah. 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 Uh, we like to inundate ourselves with what we're talking about. So this week it's Brandon and Kevin. You and I are going to try and figure out what Brandon's talking about. He's just going to give a pretty intentionally vague description of the plot line to a movie, TV show, comic, game, whatever it is, anything that we talk about is up for grabs okay. here. So and we don't know what category it is, right? No, it so we got to identify what it is gotcha. and then what it is on top of that. Like if we think it's a TV show, what TV show is it? We've right. actually had a little bit of a cold streak going these last few weeks. I couldn't guess Fringe. And then he and Wayne couldn't, guess, couldn't guess Spawn. So let's uh, hope we can get back on the winning track. So Brandon, okay. go ahead and... Give us the shadow of the synopsis. Lay it on, lay on us and then do, give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. This is a surreal parody of superheroes with a character who is well-intentioned, friendly, childlike, good-natured, high-spirited, frequently obtuse, and prone to quipping odd, dim remarks and inspirational speeches filled with bizarre metaphors. This character is often known to have a nonsensical battle cry, which he decided upon one day while eating breakfast. His past is a mystery, so everything that he looks at or perceives can be brand new, and he can get really, really excited and intrigued by something that's just a commonality for everyone else. That sounds like me. <laughs> you are this week's shadow of the synopsis. His origins can change depending on what medium is telling the story. This character has suggested... To come from space. In some iterations, he's apparently legally insane and has escaped from a mental institution. And in others, he had to pass a superhero initiation before moving into this city. So that's the synopsis. I know it's pretty vague, but the fact that... There's not a lot to go on there. No, the fact that there's two of you here, I'm hoping that between the two of you can bounce some ideas off each other and you might be able to get it. My first thought with the insane asylum and then from space would be maybe Carnage or the guy who Carnage is attached onto, Cletus Cassidy. I if that's his name. Yeah, it is. Okay. You know what? Actually, I think that's cool. I think that's a great perspective. I think, I think it's even way more obscure than Carnage, just from the way you describe him. Does anyone remember? And if I'm, don't tell me about your facial reaction if I'm right or wrong, but this reminds me of that weird-ass show that I think might have been based on the comics, the anime show Freakazoid, that, like, just clinically oh. insane wannabe superhero, and he's just, like, a weirdo. Um, it also reminds me of um, 
what's his name from the Superman universe as Freakazoid. well. Freakazoid. Freakazoid. It's all coming back. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but I thought he was from space, too. Um, I'm actually just going to go with... I'm going to go with Freakazoid. And, I like that one, actually. Yeah. So... Let me say for yours that I started out saying that this is a well-intentioned, friendly, childlike, good-natured, high-spirited, frequently oh. obtuse, etc. I, I and none yeah. of that yeah, None of that applies Cletus to Carnage Cassidy. whatsoever. Yeah. You mean he's not a nice guy? That's no, too bad. No, serial killers that's, usually yeah. aren't. <laughs> no, that's why the soup found him, because it's like, ah, this will suit me well. I hope it's Freakazoid. That's really good. Do you even remember Freakazoid? I do. Is yeah. This week's show. Wasn't that, it was the Animaniacs uh, creator. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, remember I said that he often has a very nonsensical battle cry that he decided upon one day while eating breakfast? Yeah. That, that went right over my head. Yeah. What if I just said, spoon? The, the tick? I don't know. <gasps> oh, the, the tick. tick. The tick. The tick shit. Damn it. We've been getting them these last three weeks. On the second tries. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're the coldness continues. Yeah. Damn it. That's a bummer. And there was two of us, but I was really rooting for Freakazoid. Yeah. I, I just realized how much I love that guy. That guy was awesome. Yeah. Was so weird. When he flies around, whoosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, my favorite character from the Tick was Arthur. Yes. Yeah. I love hmm. Arthur. Yeah. Was he a moth or something? So, good try. Sorry. Mm. Sorry. Know. The cold streak continues. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin, um, you you failed on Shadow I did. The Synopsis. That can, was totally. Can you redeem so yourself bad. with giving us and our listeners an awesome quote in geek history? Yeah. So um, set it up. It's uh, this quote in particular is from a semi-recent movie from Guardians of the Galaxy, which has many Easter eggs of just awesome quotes, like littered throughout this whole this whole movie. And this particular one is when Star Lord is talking to Gamora about sticks and bottoms. Let's hear it. Well, on my planet, there's a legend about people like you. It's called Footloose. And in it, a great hero named Kevin Bacon he teaches an entire city full of people with sticks up their butts that dancing, well, it's the greatest thing there is. Who put the sticks up their butts? What? No, that's just a... That is cruel. Just a phrase, people use it's weird i feel like that movie was commercially successful but yet it's still kind of an underrated movie oh so much so yeah it's a great movie it really was good yeah everyone turned into good performance even that former wrestler batista being um drax oh yeah yeah super never saw that coming yeah and john c Riley makes an appearance like guys everyone's like (laughs) yes part of the nova Corps, no doubt well that movie was a great fusion of good action good characters and they, it was kind of one of the first comedy-based right. um, comic book movies. And can you imagine how much Vin Diesel got paid for literally saying three lines? Or one <laughs> More than I'll words? ever make, ever. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, he, he d- changes his inflection and tone and pitch sometimes, but I am Groot. Good for him. Good for Groot. Good yeah. for Groot. And all trees everywhere. Thank you for bringing that to the table. That was a strong quote in geek history. <laughs> it makes me want to go back and watch that movie. You should. Oh, yeah. There's so many good As we eagerly anticipate number two, which I believe is in production right now. Yep. See it shooting. Awesome. It'll it'll have a big part to play in the whole Infinity Infinity War 1 and 2, which I'm looking forward to all that coming together. That's going to be fun, for sure. 
All right, we're going to get out of here. But first, we want to tell you how to stay in contact with us in between our uploads of this awesome show. By the way, eight podcasts. Not bad. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us lots of places. Find us on iTunes. Find us on SoundCloud, Podomatic, or better yet, our very own website, which is up. And it's as it's being developed, stay patient with us. But what you need, the meat and potatoes are there. RandomFandomCast.com. Brandon, good job putting that website together. You are not a webmaster. No, like, I wouldn't say <laughs> master at all. You're a web apprentice. And thank you to Kevin for coming in. Oh, super thank you so much for having me. And checking uh, checking us out. And make sure that people check you out. Where can they find you again? You can find my blog over on IGN under their blog section. Uh, uh, looking for Super Dova. Cool. And your Twitter, right? Which... Oh, and my Twitter. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. I post a bunch of gaming news same and stuff super on there. Same Supernova with a zero? Yep, same thing, Got at Supernova. So super follow him and super follow us. We're on Twitter as well, at Random Fandom WBB. Stay up to date with all that we've got to share in the world of geekiness. And until next week, have a good f- week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. All right, sounds Thanks good. For exploring your inner geek with us. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. And we'll talk to you guys right. at a later time and date. Peace out. Bye, guys. She's been really trying, baby. Trying to hold back his power for so long. But the purple man is real shady. Come on. Oh, come on. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones Take out Kilgrim Jessica Jones Do it Jessica Jones We all love David Tennant As the purple man Just admit it You like him just hope that next year the villain is half as good. There's something wrong with her locking him up. Just kill him now, and you know he'll get out. Don't be dumb, he'll escape again. Oh, baby.